Hi, welcome to the Age Like Milk podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is David Rogers. Nice to meet you, David. <laughs> I am your co-host, Paris Herbert Taylor. And may I just say, you look great. Oh my God, you are stunning. Thank you. Yeah. I love that we are just like such attractive. Like I love being like an attractive biracial man. It's just yeah. the best thing ever. And for me to have such a great worldview and to be like a smoke show and to be super intelligent and like witty, it's just, it's kind of unfair to the rest of the population. But I mean, uh, it's just, it's, it is what it is. Hey Paris, I got you a gift. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, it's what me. Oh, I'm the gift. All I ever wanted <laughs> <laughs> is film like milk. Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm. Damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? It's podcast time. Yeah, let's do it. What's up? <laughs> it's a Christmas one. Hooray. And everybody else is doing like Elf and Home Alone. And today we're doing something different. Yes, we are. We are doing a movie called Just Friends from 2005. And do you want to talk about it through the synopsis? I want to talk about it. I'm excited. I'm excited. So Just Friends is a movie um, about a guy who's really fat in high school and he has this best friend who's a woman and he really wants to tell her how he feels. He's like in love with her and he wants to, you know, be more than friends and he tries to tell her on like the last night of high school like, and she kind of doesn't get it or he gets embarrassed in front of everyone. So then we cut to 10 years later and he's Ryan Reynolds now and he's super hot and he's like an artist manager and he is on a private jet with this singer and the plane goes down because she microwaves metal <laughs> and they're in his own old home town. So then he decides to spend like a couple nights there and reconnects with the love of his life from 10 years ago. And I don't want to spoil it. So we'll talk about it. But that's kind of the concept of the movie. Oh, 10 yeah. years later, just friends, holiday movie, not your typical Christmas fair, but... It was the first time I was watching it. Is it the first time you've heard of it? I think I have heard of it, actually, but it's not... I mean, I was telling Scott, I was like, oh, we're doing Just Friends. And he was like, oh, my God, I've seen that movie. And I had heard of it. I think I feel like I've seen the poster for it before. Okay. But, like, didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. Oh. And then uh, that's that's the time to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I was like, hey, guys, yeah, stop hey. talking. Stop talking about the movie. <laughs> well, there was a lot. Let's be real. There was a lot that aged like milk in this yeah, film. Yeah, it was kind of shocking to me because this is one of mine and my buddy Steve's like favorite movies and we quote it a lot but um rewatching this after a few years i'm like oh wow this is some of this is not some fresh good. eyes on there yeah and especially what's 15 years old um you think it'd be kind of fresh because it's not that old but um yeah man there's some there's some stuff in this well let's jump into it uh the first thing it's basically the crux of this movie it's fat shaming yeah it has completely aged like milk. I feel like we live in a world now where body acceptance is definitely not 100% there, but it's certainly changed. And this movie's like main joke is like, he used to be fat. And yeah. it's just, it just sucks. Like that's such a shitty joke. It is because, and then you think about it and it's like simple, but 
if she denied him in high school, maybe because he was a little bit on the chubbier side, but now he's got pecs and biceps and he's handsome. And now he's, you know, she falls for him kind of or taking a look at him. So it's kind of, I thought that was kind of messed up. Yeah. That know? kind of, what is that saying to people? Like yeah. your worth is valued by what you look like. By your look. So yeah, you were cool and we were just friends and I loved you as a friend, but oh, now you're hot. And you're uh, successful. You're exactly. So now, and he became a little shallow mm-hmm. when he, when he did that and it's still, she like wanted to chisel that away and then she accepted him or wanted to actually give him a shot. Yeah. I feel like this movie also, I feel like the fat suit is so bad in the beginning. It's so obvious, like what's going on. Yeah. And I just think that there were a lot of movies around this time that, you know, oh, it was a fat person. Like that was the punchline. And it didn't, to me, like just the, the beginning of this movie, I it really set me up to think like, this is not going to be a deep exploration. I just could tell it was going to be a lot of cheap shots, a yeah. lot of like comedy at the expense of groups that are not able to necessarily defend themselves. You always talk about punching down. Yeah. This felt like punching down to yeah. me from yeah. the get-go. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I kind of cringed a little bit at some some spots. Other spots, I was laughing out loud, watching it by myself. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's like, come on, man. You yeah. Know? You could have gotten away with leaving that stuff out, right? Yeah. Oh, he could have just been like dorky yeah. in high school. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There were, like, there, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Or like, you know, he could have been awkward or yeah but it's also funny to me that like they kind of made it seem like being fat goes hand in hand with being a loser there are a lot of different body types and you don't have to be super skinny to be attractive or cool or good Uh -uh. at stuff and like they really leaned into that where they had the he had the braces and he had the lisp and it was just a lot yeah i mean simply dusty dusty dinkelman he Mm -hmm. he was kind of like a, a nerd Right, played the guitar and he had a stammer, but and they sh- they shined him up too, but he yeah. wasn't necessarily like they didn't have like you said they didn't have to pick like a chubby or fat um, to do that, right? Yeah. They could have had a glow up some other way. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a glow up just because you're a little bit bigger, like you can glow up and still be bigger, right? Right. Yeah. I just thought as well like some of the the offensive stuff that they were shouting at him, like eat a salad fatty. It's like, (laughs) there are people who are larger because of medical reasons, you know, healthy. Yeah. And it just, it just like from the get go. I mean, if you watch this movie, you'll get the premise in like the first five minutes. Cause it's very like straight up. This is what the movie is. Yeah. But I definitely was like, what are we watching right now? And I think to come back from a joke like that, it has to be really heartwarming. And for me, like, obviously we'll get into it, but I think this movie kind of missed the mark. A yeah, bit. there's uh, I'll, I'll get into it later, but I found a review that is just like laughable <laughs> on how, you know, this person like hated this movie. I wonder if it's the same review yeah. I looked at. <laughs> One thing I do want to say as well, though, about the fat shaming that I thought was very interesting throughout the movie was that everybody in Chris's life, Chris played by Ryan Reynolds, they all seem to like when he goes back to this town, they all seem to want him to be fat. Yeah. He goes to this old diner that he used to go to with his friend, Jamie. Mm-hmm. And the waitress is like, I remember you and brings over this huge stack of pancakes. With Pinches his cheeks. Pin- and calls him chubby bunny, yep. which I was like, okay, he's a complete dick about it. And he yeah. talk and he like drinks his water and he's like, I'm stuffed. And he completely plays into like the LA stereotype. But I was like, man, if you worked that hard and people just kept seeing you as the fat guy, no yeah. wonder he has like kind of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, you're going to have a little edge. And how he left 
high school, right? He stated to the world and to that party, you know, my name is Chris uh, Brander and I'm gonna, you guys will all see, you know, he's gonna prove you guys wrong. Takes off on his bike and then, yeah, we see him, you know, he's slimmed up and he's looking good and it's just, uh, yeah. It's yeah. Kinda... Let's talk about the friend zone because that is sort of the ma- the second major thing in this. It's, it kind of goes hand in hand with like the fat shaming that this movie sets up in the beginning. Yeah. So, this movie came out in 2005. There is a character that says, friend zoning, what's that? And I feel like nowadays, friend zoning is very much in popular culture. We know what it is. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't know if this movie was ahead of its time or this it really like kind of coined it, but... It could have been or, you know, put it all, put it in the mainstream because, mm-hmm. you know, after this movie, I know a lot of people like, oh, like you got friend zoned or, mm-hmm. yeah, she called you buddy or something like that or... Right. But I have a real problem with the term friend zone because I wrote this down. It kind of implies that like it's a zone that you have to move out of. Relationships are organic. There's attraction mm-hmm. between both people. Attraction can grow. Attraction can fade. The idea that you... When you use the term zone, it kind of reminds me of American football, which I don't know a lot about, (laughs) but you know, you have to like gain ground and like, then you lose ground. And we were talking about that a little bit before we started where, you know, they talk about it, like it's sort of a game and it's, it's crazy to think of like a human person and your relationship with that person as something to be won or lost. Yeah. Because it should be a positive thing, right? Because some of the long lasting relationships, those people started as friends, developed that love and, you know, grew from there and they, they stuck it out and stayed together. So like some of, you know, some of the best relationships I know, those people call themselves, you know, that's my best friend, right? Yeah. And friendship is so important. And I hated this idea that this movie was pushing, that it was all about like getting in her pants. It Mm -hmm. was just, you know, as a woman, especially, I feel like I've had so many guy friends and then as soon as I get in a relationship, like it, the, uh, some of them disappear and you're like, so were you only around to try and have sex with me? Yeah. And it's sort of sad because I get it. Everybody you know, wants to have sex, but, yeah. but at the same time, that's not her fault. And they kind of no. painted her yeah, as, as, a tease. Like, as a tease and stuff like that. No, she just, she wasn't fucking with you like that. She's at not the interested. Time, right? Yeah. So why can't you just accept maybe she, you're not just her type, right? Yeah. She has maybe one kind of type and she'll, be with those guys until she doesn't like those guys right. anymore or something. Or maybe, she, you know, it takes a little time for her to. And by the develop. way, like women have free choice. Like yeah. you don't have, that was another thing that kind of annoyed me was like this idea that like he, like it was his time. Like he put in the work. Like he was owed. Yeah. Yeah. Same with, uh, Dusty, Dusty Lee. It was kind of gross. Yeah. He was, I mean, he played that character really oh, well. Oh, Chris though. Klein is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. He was in like every movie when yeah, I was a kid, was. Yep. Yeah. but it is, it's both of them. Like they had these glow ups and it's like, she still doesn't necessarily want to fuck you because it wasn't about that for her. Yeah. And it did feel quite predatory at times. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and just looking at her like, yeah, that's meat. something that like a trophy that I'm gonna get. And Dusty said to uh, um, to Chris like, yeah, can you imagine like two guys like us, and we're finally gonna get a shot at right. Jamie Palomino. And can I just say as well, like they paint Chris, which played by Ryan Reynolds's character, like so sweet. Oh, he's a friend, and like, you know, this t- idea of the friend zone. He's obsessive in the beginning. They have this one shot, like when he's in the fat suit and he's got this wall of pictures of them. And listen, (laughs) I love my friends, but I would never have a wall like that. Like it kind of reminded me of incels a little bit. 
Okay. Like, you and know, what is that? Incel is like involuntarily celibate. And it's just like the idea of like fixating on someone and then like getting upset when they won't sleep with you, which yeah. is essentially what he does. He runs off to LA and the mo- movie kind of makes it seem like he hasn't been back in 10 years. In 10 years. Well, he didn't. He, um, yeah. he flew his mom and his brother out. Right. And that's what the mom said. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, kind of wild that you say that looking at that wall just about her. Yeah. And if I was her, I'd be like, I don't want to have head. sex with you either. Yeah. I mean, this is he, too much. He built that all up in his head. And then he's like, finally get the courage to, you know, confess his love. And he got downplayed and that's, that's a choice, that's, right? You but that's life. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't just, you can't, and also like, it's so crazy to me to think that his whole entire identity that he grows over a decade is because one girl from high school, his best friend, like wouldn't sleep with him or like, you know, he could never take it further. Yeah. And what ends up happening to him, like spoiler alert is he becomes this giant asshole that treats women like shit. Yeah. And it's all what we're all supposed to believe that it's because this one girl wouldn't sleep with him in high school. <laughs> so that drove you to change your whole Life. persona and right. take away that kindness and sweetness that you had yeah. that people in town loved you for, loved you for exactly. Which yeah, kind of leads to like the third point of the thing that sort of aged like milk in this film was the misogyny, which was quite prevalent. I thought, I mean, you know, we had two female characters. One was like the love interest, the innocent, like, one then we yep. had like the crazy smart amy smart and then we had like the crazy one which we'll talk about samantha <laughs> soon yeah. um but the rest was like i mean god right after we jumped forward 10 years there were just so many things that stuck out to me like he's obviously supposed to be this like music agent he's walking through the halls i don't know if you remember this but he had a giant thing of presents, presents. Yep. and he's just handing them out to pretty women and he's like i don't even know you and you're just like yeah. gorgeous look at you and it was like wow here we are again like the headline is your looks yep. are valuable. Exactly. Like that's how you are quantified. And he handed out one and he's like, here, oh, that makes your legs look good or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. The misogyny was really, really in- mm-hmm. an interesting aspect to this. And I think it all ties into the friend zone as well. But um, yeah, they also really showed it. So like women were throwing themselves at him. Yeah. And he would just simply snap his fingers or turn around to the next girl. I mean, he was smooth a little bit. Some of the lines he was saying, but yeah. And they'd just be like, Oh yeah, let's go for it. Um, like that ice skating scene. He's like giving her the look and she's like, excuse me. He's like, Oh, why are you flirting with me in front of your boyfriend? And she's like, that's not my boyfriend. Oh really? Yeah. He's like giving a look to his friend. He's like, I told (laughs) you. you. Yeah. 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 It was a lot of, and, and yeah, even his friend in LA was like, I don't know how you do it, man. And he's like, Oh, you just got to not care and like treat him mean, keep him like that kind of thing. Kiss her on the first date. Otherwise you get friend zoned. And he's like, yeah, I had someone back in high school really mess with me. And that's why he, you know, he is like he is. Yeah. And so. it's so, yeah, I think misogyny and the friend zone kind of go hand in hand a little bit yeah. with this movie. I mean, um, too, one of the things that stuck out when Anna Ferris's character was doing that open mic and it was like, show us your boot or show us yeah. your tits. Yeah. And she's up on stage and then you know, she gets in a fight after that. I mean, there's also a poster of her where she's got like cream on her boobs with banana. cherries and a banana in her mouth. I mean, Samantha's character, like kind of, I know it was an example of what's wrong with LA and it was kind of meant to make fun of like Paris Hilton and Britney Spears, like a combo. It's like an exaggeration of, yeah. In 2005, when this movie came out, so you got to figure it was like written and kind of created in 2004. Mm -hmm. 
you know, Paris Hilton was on the front cover of every magazine. And then you had people like Britney Spears and Ashley Simpson. And they were like these blonde kind of crazy characters who were very demanding and acted like prima donnas. So I understand that they took like, that's comedy. You push it Mm. to the next level. Yeah. But I really felt like, and I love Anna Faris. I've heard her talk. She's so intelligent and she's really funny. And they really used her as a device in this. And I, I don't think that the character of Samantha was, very nice yeah she was but like she made me laugh a oh lot. my god same yeah. as yeah. like the crazy character in every movie does <laughs> but like they had her say some racist ass shit she yeah. said she like yells at like some sound guy and she calls him hong kong, hong fooey, kong fooey, that was which i was like yikes yeah that's not good that's aged like some real yeah. milk there and then when she had that like i love soy tank top on mm-hmm. and she's like me and my friend Mafufi and it's that African like Africa. guy. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, that was rough. But I also, I have to say, I also did feel sorry for her character because essentially, okay, they make her seem so dumb. She puts metal in the microwave. I feel like everybody knows don't do that. Don't put tinfoil in the microwave. Don't do that. Yeah. But then, you know, she clearly has like the hots for Chris's character and she keeps trying to like hang out with him and he keeps essentially pawning her off to his brother and tricking her into staying in town so he can mm-hmm. hit on Jamie, his yep. old love. And I, I wrote down, I was like, this is kind of gaslighting. Like he, he's like, fine, we'll go back to, you know, we'll go to New York or whatever, but it's too bad. Cause like there's this gig and he just really yeah. manipulates like, her. I thought you were uh, I just thought you were an artist, but you know, you're just like a pop sensation. She's like, no, I am an artist. And he's like, really? I'm like, okay, then yeah, go to this concert. I'm going to be there. And then just doesn't show up. Yeah. Cause he's trying to get with Jamie. Yeah. Um, also I felt like her character, I mean, they drugged her on Vicodin yeah, cause she, <laughs> to get her to sit cause still. She got, well, she got tased and yeah. she fell off the balcony I know. The, while she was writing mall people, which is probably a banger. I don't know. It, if it would was, be <laughs> if she didn't fall off the railing at the mall. Yeah. So, and then he's like, Oh, what? I gave her Vicodin. It's like, where'd you get Vicodin? I think he said from mom or something like that. I think right? he said something like that too. Okay. Yeah. But I was also like, oh, so we're just drugging people now with concussions. And I mean, listen, it was just it was just a lot. Samantha was a lot. But then she also is no angel. I mean, she basically sexually assaults Chris numerous times when she was in front of her, uh, his mom. And she's like, yeah, Chris is great. And he's like, she's grabbing his nuts. Mm -hmm. And then she does it at the bar. Yeah. And she's like, what was that about? And like pulls his tie. And he's like, what do you mean? And like, she grabs his like, uh, junk area. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of that. I mean, she was hissing at, uh, when she first met Jamie, that stuff, like I was dying. No, it's super, it's super funny because it's exaggerated. But I mean, if you sort of scratch the surface, you're like, Ooh, this is aged like milk. Like you wouldn't have anybody sexually assaulting anybody in movies now, unless it was just not just casually. Definitely. Um, also, Samantha kind of um, had like sex with the just barely eighteen-year-old brother. Did she though? Did or she not, or was I it don't insinuated? Think she, it's, I think it was like insinuated. Like she was there. It was getting close, mm-hmm. and then um, Chris would come up. Like when he she right. was he got the baby oil and was like rubbing her back because she was like how many times do you like masturbate to my poster? eight times and he's a like, day eight she's sure. like ooh and she like leans forward and she's like that's hot yeah and he's like you're hot she goes yeah I know <laughs> you might be right but I remember the part where she was like and how old are you and he was like I just turned eighteen yeah and it was kind of like making fun of like the yeah. barely legal for sure because he was like 22, 20, 19, 18. 18. Yeah. yeah she's like ooh eighteen 
Oh, Samantha, yeah. she was crazy. And yeah. I mean, I did feel like they really made fun of her for being, you know, so dumb and whatever. And then, but then she's also a product of these music agents, like just giving her whatever she wants. Yeah. And uh, what was that? The the guy that ran the company that Chris worked at, Chris's boss. Yeah. Um, he said, she's, this is the hottest poster that sells, right? And she's got a... Um, a television uh, reality show coming out so we we need her next album and that's like you know extra marketing and that's kind of what i thought too when you're talking like uh, comparing it to paris hilton um so i wonder if like she actually pulled anna ferris pulled some some of that stuff Cont- from, that. from yeah. the time yeah and in a way i mean to talk about it the boss in that situation really uses chris as bait which mm-hmm. isn't cool at all. Because they had a past relationship. Yeah, they had a past relationship and he wants her to, him to get the album. So he essentially tells him, like, do it whatever you can to get this. And then essentially dangles him in front of this woman who obviously is crazy and is, like, hilariously over the top. But has feelings for him or something. Yeah. Yep. You know, she's she's chasing him around New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get in fights with his ex-girl or his oh ex-friend. When she was... They thought she was sleeping, and he's like, no, tell her I'm going to meet Bono, and I'm going to go over to Jamie's house. And she, like, wakes up, and then she drives that car yeah. through the fence. I thought that scene was hilarious, too, you yeah. know, because it's not like, like kind of like Christmas vacation. Yeah. They kind of pulled from where all the lights are getting, getting pulled down. shattered and broken, and people are getting hurt. Yeah, That's the thing. It did feel like it was trying to be a Christmas movie, but in some ways, the Christmas part of it, and probably why it's, well, A, it's offensive, very offensive at this movie, but... B, the Christmas is kind of just the backdrop. It's not really about Christmas stuff. Mm. Although I will say it's relatable. I think we've all been home to like whatever small towns, you know, yours is in Wisconsin. Mine, whenever I would go home to Hong Kong in the university holidays, I would always run into people at the same bars. And it's that feeling of like, oh shit, what have you been up to? I'm sure it's different in small small towns. Yeah, uh, we normally did the night before Thanksgiving. That's when you'd see everybody the Wednesday and everybody be out at the bars, everybody be back home. So yeah, it's definitely similar. It's relatable, and you'd run into like your old friends Mm -hmm. and your old lovers. It's like oh my god. It's obviously totally different in this movie because he hasn't been back in ten years. Yeah, and he had that glow up. Um, Yeah. Guy in the football team. He's oh, like, he's, wait, Chris Brander? And he has like the cul-de-sac haircut. Yeah. <laughs> he's like... And he's chubby and Do he's... Do you have $5 I could like have? <laughs> yeah. I think that kind of plays into the trope of like, you know... And I think they say this to Jamie's character that she peaked in high school. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk about like peaking in high school. But I mean, if she peaked like... She looks great in this movie. No, she and does. Chris was the one that said that to her. Right, and she uh, that's slaps right. him, and then he's like, oh, "I didn't really feel that." And she, yeah, and then she decks him, but yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's such a funny like joke where the jock becomes the, you know, the yeah. loser, and the like, role reversal, and they're selling pyramid schemes, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we touched on it a little bit, but the game, the game of trying to convince people yeah. to sleep with you or to pretend to be something you're not. I had you know, changing who you are to appeal to one person. And you said, oh yeah, it's like the game. Yeah. Cause that's what they even say. Um, Chris is like, I'm losing to this guy, to Dusty, Dusty Dinkleman. And it comes and back to that friend zone thing where it's like, it's not a win lose situation. Yeah. This what, is, <laughs> this is a relationship. Cause your motive and your motivation, if that's your motivation, you're coming from a place of, you know, you want to control somebody basically. Right. Or, um, you know, own them for a little bit. 
and that's you know that's never a good place to start if you really care about somebody no. especially since how close they were in high school right a dishonest place yeah and that's the thing i think like over time he becomes like this disgusting version of himself like mm. she probably would have loved him in high school maybe yeah she i mean she clearly loved him as a friend yeah and that could have grown but could've... do you think that like you said that chip on his shoulder mm. with the bullying that he dealt with do you think all that drove him to come like that you know kind of like poisoned him a little bit and that's kind of why did, he became yeah. that way he's like all right well then i'm gonna do this i think he thought you know whatever i was doing in high school wasn't working i think they make references to him being in like the cheerleaders and you know that he has these two other friends that end up married to each other and they seem very happy yeah. and they don't seem to have the same kind of like conflict internally yeah so i don't know i mean definitely the bullying like affected him but Jesus, get some therapy. Like, would it affect you that much? Yeah. Jeez. Or that's your driving motivation right. in life. We've all, I, I feel like, unfortunately, we, people wrong. we've all experienced bullying. Mm. I didn't, I did. And I didn't turn into like a narcissistic, like, yeah. you know, I'm going to fuck everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe I did. Who like knows? We don't know. You months. guys don't yeah, know me that yeah. well. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I really thought that was like a really interesting part of the movie. It was just like, changing who you want to who you are to fit to one person like i think there's one part where chris is like oh she wants sensitive i'll i'll be so sensitive like she's i'm gonna be the most sensitive guy she's ever seen and i, I even think he says miss i'll be mr rogers the biggest pussy you ever did see <laughs> and i was like don't come for mr rogers right sir yeah. mr rogers is that dude That's... I, I don't know that much about him because i didn't grow up with mr okay. rogers but when i was in pittsburgh for a short amount of time they he's from pittsburgh oh, gotcha. mr rogers and I learned so much about him, and then those movies came out, and I was yeah, like, this related. man is a... You're related to Mr. Rogers? Oh, uh, we have the same last name, so maybe. I don't know. Oh, my God. I fully <laughs> believed yeah. you for a second. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. But, yeah, man, uh, it's, it's, it's... Yeah, to change like that. And what did they go? They went and saw um, the, the notebook. notebook. Yeah, and then Dusty shows up. He's like, oh, I just love that writing of the notebook and and that's the thing it's like women don't want you to just say what you think we yeah. want you to hear and that's what they do and then they she kind of like gets a bit weirded out because they start being so strange <laughs> both of them like not acting authentically yeah and i think dusty was really playing the game because he was like hitting on that nurse and singing the song with the nurse's name yeah and then when they're at the church and he's with the kids yeah and he pushes him uh chris pushes dusty and he's on the ground and then he like looks up and he goes like his tongue out yeah and he's like oh that son of a bitch yeah yeah it was a lot and <laughs> and you know what that poor girl i know she's a fake character but jamie is stuck in the middle of these people yeah. if i was her i would have been like i'm not dating either of you yeah, like, get you the fuck out of here trash people right and just you know like what about loving yourself for who you are like that was kind of the problem with the whole movie is that Chris's character, he takes the wrong message from some bullies in high school and from not getting laid by one girl. Yeah. And he completely flipped. If, if this was like real life, you'd hope that he would just be like, okay, that's not for me, but I still like who I am. Yeah. But that's not what this movie was about. And a turning point in the movie when he goes back to the bar, right? He says hi to her, sees her at the bar, and then he meets, he sees the jock again, and the jock's like, yeah, I bet you could hit that now. Right. And then he looks over and he has that idea, and then he goes and asks her out. So. Still, that guy had a hold over totally. him, even though that guy didn't really make it that far in life mm -hmm. and Chris got super successful. He still was influencing his choices 
Right. And it's like, why are you letting external people like he clearly had such a nice mom. She was a mm-hmm. bit dim. Yeah. And he had a, like a younger brother who obviously he was like bickering with. It seems yeah. like a 10 year younger brother. That's quite an age gap. But yeah. he came from a nice town, like yeah. good families, very middle class. I Definitely. think one of the quotes was she <laughs> Samantha, the like really rich pop star is like, I just love the middle class. Like they're so real <laughs> down to, you know, and it's like the houses are massive, like they're more massive than houses you or I will ever exactly, own. Yeah. That's, that's like every Christmas movie though, like Home Alone, where you're like, what does the dad does do? He, do? Yeah. he worked for the mafia. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, she goes into um, that bar and Samantha, Anna Faris's character is like, ooh, plastic menus. Chris, this will not do. And she like turns around yeah. and he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Samantha also bullies him a lot. Like bullying was also like a huge theme in this. Yeah. And it's funny because... I think we've covered a lot of movies now, like she's all that, like where bullying is so bad that it really does affect people's lives. And in this movie, it changes his life forever. And like Mm -hmm. you said, this guy has a hold on him. So to me, I'm like, wow, wouldn't you want to stop the bullying? And he kind of perpetuates it, Chris's character. And for me, and I don't know, it was like self-realization a few years ago, but it's like, you do that to somebody and then the ripple effects yeah. that go out into the world. So, and it's probably, and if you're bullying, something happened in your life mm-hmm. where you're have a negative mindset, like your family stuff or whatever. And then you're just lashing out at people at school, high school that are close to you. Right. And then it's just like these, these waves that go off into the world when, you know, we should be trying to heal and, yeah. uh, you know, care about each other and be like, Hey man, well, well, come on, man. Like what's going on? You need a yeah. hug or something. But kids also don't necessarily have the tools to do that. I yeah. think as adults we do. I mean, even now, like, I don't know that we yeah. totally do. Like if someone's really mean to me, I definitely internalize it. But has anybody ever told, you that like do we tell kids that now like, i hope if so you put this out in the world like that's going to affect multiple people because they're going to carry it for a little bit and they're going to push that onto somebody else and i think it's the, i think the way the adults talk to kids has changed mm-hmm. i think like gen z seems like they're much more in touch i mean if you just look at like people being able to come out earlier yeah you know more like tolerance and that yep. stuff so i am hopeful for the future i think we were raised you know you and i are like the same age we were raised by parents who kind of had the like you know don't let the bully see you cry like mm-hmm. if they come at you you come back like stand up to them and i think what we're teaching kids now is like kind of what you're talking about like let's ha- come from a place of empathy yeah like let's why are understand. you acting this way yeah um, and teaching has changed too i think yeah. the way teachers deal with bullies now is to like find the problem versus like just punishing them punish yeah, yeah. Definitely. do you remember like your first bully that like really affected your life yeah i mean i got called the n-word constantly oh my god i was about to like <laughs> my tell my school. story i'm like no that's <laughs> worse that's way worse but like i get in fist fights with kids twice my size older kids um and they would bully you well because they would call me the n-word and i have to fight them you know oh my mean? god so I was, like, was that okay. just was that just like um ignorance where you grew yeah, up i mean they had like their parents would be saying it. I go to my next door neighbor's house and you know, the kid's mom would be like, there's, there's N words. And then there's black people. And I'm like, uh, what? You know what I mean? Oh, she was saying like, you're not the N word. You're just a black, you're just black, but there are, you know, oh my there God. are N words. And that's exactly. just seeping into this kid's brain. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I mean, girls different, like bully differently. It's funny because we have this movie and then we have, she's all that, which was like our first film that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And you can see the way that girls bully is like very psychological. Oh, yeah. And but then again, like this was very psychological because it affected Chris's character so much. Yeah. 
but I was definitely, I, I remember my, the worst bully, I don't know if it was actually the worst, but it was certainly the most influential to me was this girl in grade four. And then about 10 years ago, she reached out to me on social media and apologized for being awful. Yeah. And I was like, wow, there's that growth right there. Yeah. And like, of course, like I forgive her. She made, I moved around schools a lot. We've talked about like, yeah. I've had a very international life and it's really hard to be a new kid and to feel like so on the outside, but I kind of remember now, like as an adult, she had a lot going on in her personal life. And I've talked about it with my parents like since as an adult. And it's like, they felt really sorry for her. But yeah. at the time you're a kid and you're like, why is this person yeah, I'm just trying making to to my school. life miserable? Yeah. So it's really hard. And, you know, I mean, in this, do we feel compassion for the bully in this movie? Do you think? Um, but that's the thing. I mean, that's, I feel like that's the only way we're going to change things is to have a little compassion for that. Those but in this movie, bullying. do you think we feel compassion for him? I mean, that's what I'm saying. That that came from somewhere Yeah. where he was getting hammered at parties and mm. he felt the need to make fun of this this kid that he could and then the rest of the people jumping on him for wearing that T-shirt. So, I mean, a little compassion, but then, like, what what else do you do? You know, you, like, slap that dude up a little bit and stop, stop being an asshole. I think we're supposed to feel sorry for the bully in this movie specifically because his life turns out so shit. <laughs> but I really don't think that the movie itself has, like, a redemption arc. And like you say, he kind of comes back in the second part of this movie like the second part of chris's journey and like goads him into doing something yeah. else that's terrible yeah, and he kicks it off the like yeah. second half of the game yeah that chris jumps into so i don't know if i feel necessarily sorry for this bully but if yes you're right if we're thinking about this type of bully as like a representation for bullies in small towns mm -hmm. the football guy that like never moved out of town and didn't you know yeah. do anything then never grew i guess i feel sorry for yeah. him but <laughs> this character was annoying <laughs> really he annoying was. like shut up yeah <laughs> ruining this guy's life exactly um so those are kind of the topics i had and then of course there were a lot of like random things that we noticed that were very like aged like milk because yeah. of the time do you have some you want to show so one that touched on the sexist thing that i had yeah uh dusty after he says to uh amy smart's character like wait i you know i thought we were gonna move forward in this relationship you know the guy who wrote you that song deserves to get laid like who would you be if you didn't lay the guy who wrote that song and she's like what like you're an asshole and then he walks off he's like dusty out and he slaps that backhands that girl's ass yeah, and then he I goes to her boyfriend he goes what and he threatens him <laughs> he with threatens, his like, hand like, like yeah. punches him and then he like puts his hands in front of his face he's like dusty out yeah and like dusty that's... ended up being a very problematic <laughs> oh character that was like yeah. very like aged like milk like that would not be nah, in movies could, now you, could you couldn't do it nah. i had the slapping the ass thing um I also, I had so many stupid ones. I'll just go, I'll just say a couple and then I'll let you have a second. So the plane goes down like when in New Jersey and she's like so mad because she like, she was trying to microwave her ahi tuna and there was tinfoil around it. And she's like, it said microwave safe. And she doesn't get that like the metal is not microwave safe. And then she's like running around. She's looking around. She's like, dude, am I getting punked? Ashton? Ashton? And like, if something, yeah, if something terrible happened to you now, you wouldn't be like, I'm getting punked. But like yeah. for a period of time, every celebrity thought they were getting punked when something <laughs> terrible happened. Even this like fictional celebrity. Yeah. Funny. I think that, yeah, so that totally funny aged like milk. Cause there ain't no punked There's right no now. Punked, yeah. Um, and another one was, um, this is such an LA thing, but if you've ever been to LA, there is no parking anywhere. And I was like, oh, this age like milk or it was like fake. He like pulls up to the front of the recording studio. By Capitol Records. Yeah. And yeah. just like 
there's just a parking spot right out front <laughs> and there's no meters and yeah. there's not like 50 signs that you have to decipher. And I was like, no, this isn't, maybe it was like that in 2005, but yeah, I that, doubt it. Wow. That's a good catch. Yeah. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> that's really good what catch. else you got? Um, so yeah. So like the Asian jokes, um, age like milk. Uh, there's one part when he's like, Oh, he, she went over to, he went, she went over to Mr. Lee's and then, um, Chris's character goes the dry cleaner. Oh, like just like, like such a stereotype. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, there was no racial diversity in this film at all. No, I'm trying to even think of, yeah, like the only it was black all person white was people. the African dude in the commercial. <laughs> in the racist. And then there was a Chinese guy in the sound booth who yeah, she called that, Hong Kong Fooey. Yeah, she yelled at. But there was, I mean, I don't know how diverse that part of New Jersey New is, Jersey but is I was right. like, I felt uncomfortable with how white everyone was. When the brother said, yeah, He's like, oh, you have a poster? He's like, yeah, man, I slapped a ham to it an hour ago. And then his mom goes, what ham did you slap? <laughs> you thought that age like milk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Context, mom. Slapping a ham. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say that. That's yeah. so funny. Um, another thing that totally aged like milk was uh, using the word gay to describe the notebook. I was like, that's not cool. Yeah. We don't like that. Nope. And using the R word, Jamie's dad goes like that R word from subway. Yeah. And he's like still, how he lost all the weight. Yeah. He's like, you didn't do it. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, first of all, Jared ended up being a pedophile. pedophile right. A, yeah. yeah. And the bad call on subway's behalf to use him as a spokesperson. Look, they did yeah, not know. They didn't see it, yeah. Well, he'd have done a better gotta, track. You gotta I check know. somebody's laptop yeah. beforehand. But also like the use of the R word, which just wouldn't happen nowadays. No, you can't throw that in. I don't think studios yeah. would let that fly. Uh, they had a lot of like homophobic, um, slurs, slurs. Yeah. Like homo F word, F word with God on the end of it. Um, like the brother kept calling him that every time. Oh, the F. Oh yeah. 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 F -A yeah. People are going to get it. They're yeah. going to get it. They yeah. know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, okay. So here was another th little thing that aged like milk was, okay. So I'm an assistant in the industry and I absolutely love my boss. He's the best person ever. But there are so many movies that we watch where it's like so funny that the boss is so abusive to the assistant. And in this one, the boss at the Capitol Records type place is like so mean to his assistant. His assistant like falls down and then he's like, do you want anything to Chris's character? And then he like snaps his assistant to get out and he's like, go get a lobster. Daddy want a fish. And he's just <laughs> so mean to his assistant. Daddy and it's like, fish. it's. I get it. It's so funny, but like as an assistant in the industry, it's such a stressful job. I mean, I'm so lucky, yeah. but I was like, this isn't funny to me. Like <laughs> the, it's just so like, I feel like this is the type of movie that perpetuated this idea that like, it's, that's what it's like in Hollywood. And you, you know, yeah, and it's okay for to treat to your subordinates treat, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, it was, that was funny though. Daddy yeah. want to fit. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy want to say that to people all the time. Now. Yeah. So I got a couple questions for mm -hmm. you. Have Hit you me. ever been friend zoned? I think so. Mm -hmm. um, and it it hurts, you know. I, I'm trying to think of a specific example. I think definitely, ah, it's hard though because I am the type of person that wouldn't really make a move on a friend unless I really thought I was going to get the green light because yeah. I am one of those people that does not want to ruin a friendship. Like yeah. to me in a way, friendship is more important than yeah. a relationship. I mean, we have a really good friendship group here and you guys are my family, yeah. you know, and I, I can't imagine putting myself in a situation where that would be ruined. Mm. But certainly like I used to date a lot in Toronto when I lived up there and I can remember 
um, really having a, the hots for this guy on my trampoline dodgeball team. <laughs> trampoline <laughs> dodgeball team. He rejected me and it was super awkward and I had to play the rest of the season with him. Oh. And yeah, it hurts. Yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, but it was like earlier in life and probably because I just probably threw up a barrier mm. after it happened. And I, I was like, oh, I'm only going to go after girls the that sure show, show a little bit of interest or right. whatever. You know what I mean? So I remember... Uh, this girl, like I asked her out and she was like, no, pretty much like in seventh grade. And I had a huge crush on her Aww. and it just kind of, she like, and her friends were <laughs> laughing Aww, at me. So, so yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm David Rogers and you guys are going to know gonna my see. name one day. Yeah. Honestly, I had one of those moments too, but it was with the bully. Um, I think everybody has that moment in kid. Yeah. You're going to see. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this is important. I think you should teach your kids how to handle rejection. Yeah. And I think, you know, and it's hard when you're young. It's a part of life. I have no excuse from being in Toronto because I was like in my 20s. But, you know, when you're a kid, you're not, especially if you have loving parents, you kind of are the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And to have someone not kind of give you what you want or to reject you, like yeah. that hurts. And to build up the confidence to put yourself mm-hmm. out there for the first time, second time, whatever, you know, when you're younger. And then, yeah, to have that like, hey, because he, he was talking to himself in the mirror, like, you're going to do this. Yeah. And he's like, he wrote the yearbook and the notes and stuff. And he's like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then boom. And it's like dagger to the heart. So, yeah. 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 That is hard. Um, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So I think in this movie, Ryan Reynolds is about to be, he's like 28. He's meant yeah. to be, it's meant to be like 10 years right after high school. Mm. Did you change a lot in the time between like 18 and 28? Like, did you change a lot in that first 10 years? Yeah, I believe so. I was kind of like an asshole, like early 20s. Ooh. Um, because like, I was just like an angry guy from, you know, just life stuff that like built up and I just didn't express it or talk it out you know what I mean so I was kind of like a kind of a dick for a few years I believe so if I was a dick to anybody I apologize but please reach out to um, us and tell us your yeah, stories yeah. <laughs> no don't David will apologize to you <laughs> one <live>. by one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean and you grow and you say like this is how you got to treat people and you know because I was raised that way to treat people with respect um so I just I had a chip on my shoulder for for a while so you know and anybody try to touch it it was it was game on but yeah so it Mm. happens what about you I mean I always describe myself as like a loser in high school but actually I don't know that I was I went to a really small high school and but I think I had this mindset that I was kind of a loser and by the time I hit 28 I was working a really cool job I was traveling around the world doing events and I think I had a lot more confidence but probably similar to you where like the confidence can come across as like kind of dickish mm-hmm. um and you know i was living in la at the time at 28 and just you know like I, I thought i was hot shit and i don't know i think it's evened out now it's been a few years but it's it's hard like especially if you weren't very cool in school and if you were bullied and stuff and then suddenly yeah you're living this life it's just i think and that kind of ties back to the film is like i hope that people can retain the sweetness but what happens is that life hits you around Mm -hmm. and then you think you have to be a certain type of way. And that's kind of what Chris goes through in the movie. He kind of talks about like, Oh, I'm going to give her this. I'm going to be this. And, and it's like, it just sucks that like life gets at you and you can't just be who you are. Yeah. Like a decent person. And it takes strength to do that, Mm -hmm. to, to just be like, no, I'm unapologetically me and I am a good person and this is who I am. And then if like, if people can do that though, 
um, it's like a, a weight off your shoulders. Right. And you just, you don't have to fake anything. You don't got a lot to kick it. You just who you are and th- you're going to attract people that are are like you and right. that you're going to have a good time with. And it stabilizes, I think. Like maybe you go through a phase like... We'll talk about the end of this movie in a second, I hope. But like maybe you go through a phase where you're like trying to figure out, you know, that's your 20s. Like you're growing. You are trying out like being this uber confident version of yourself. And I don't know, hopefully coming back to the real you. Because kids are pure. I mean, some of them are crazy, obviously, the bullies and whatever. But I I think kids are much more real than adults. But those bullies started pure. Totally. And they were affected by like their family or Mm -hmm. older siblings that put that negativity inside them and killed killed that goodness. Killed the little spark. Exactly. Um, So that, did you have more questions for me? I do. Okay, go ahead. Otherwise, I was going to be like, ooh, the movie. As a writer. Yes. Do you think the writing was good? I... I think we stopped her. I mean... From like a act one, act two, act three, mm-hmm. act four, act five type. Yeah. It definitely moved quickly and had things. I think it had good jokes. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Even though I don't think the movie was good. I think the writing was probably good. Mm-hmm. I would actually love to track down the script and read it. Yeah. It's a funny premise. And it, I mean, it ultimately boils down to a simple premise that we talked about. Guy returns to his small town, you know, bumps into the love of his life mayhem ensues he's different she's different what funny things can we do like there was one scene in the movie where they're playing hockey and it was so funny he's like strapped to this gurney he gets hit (laughs) and he like falls down like face first and i was like this movie does have like fun physical comedy written into it so yes i do think the writing was good but it's also very problematic definitely so that is my answer i think and that's a good answer i think his time i think ryan reynolds timing is really good i think anna faris's timing Mm -hmm. is really good um simply dusty uh same thing but yeah some of the reviews i was just reading because i was curious were pretty bad and was like this writing's awful and blah, blah, blah. Um, well so I, I always refer back to roger ebert who is like the king of yeah, movie cult, reviews yeah and his headline when i looked it up was all flab no fun and i was like <laughs> oh, wow. ouch and yeah. then you know speaking of samantha like which was a character that i think was my favorite and least favorite in this movie. He said this, I'll just read you this quote. Screenwriters love women named Samantha because when you call them Sam, it sounds like you know them when in fact their entire backstory may be limited to the fact that their nickname is Sam. Ding. And I was like, he's not wrong. Like none of the characters really had much development. I mean, Chris definitely goes through like a roller coaster, but we don't know much about Jamie's arc Mm -hmm. at all. We only know, uh, Dusty's arc because he turns out to be like a dickhead this whole time it just yeah I I felt bad like I I do think the characters deserved more in terms of like personal growth a little more yeah yeah there was uh some of the reviews saying it was like yeah it's just fast moving and they had chances for good jokes but it felt short this is one and I I don't really go off other people's reviews, but this one is just so like bad that I <laughs> that I wanted to say it. 
So it said the film's problems likely begin with Ryan Reynolds. Just Friends seems to have been designed as a vehicle for an inexplicably uh, oh, sorry, hot young actor whose range is about on par with that of Rob Schneider. <laughs> There's no acting going on here, just a lot of pimping and pratfalling. Chris is insufferable, but he's not the only one. Aside from Amy Smart's Jamie, everyone with more than a handful of lines is unbearable. <laughs> the best Ooh. thing, yeah, the best thing that could happen would be for a nuclear blast to wipe out the New Jersey town where the majority of Just Friends transpire. Oh my God, that is so harsh. <laughs> like, what did they? What did somebody in this movie do to this person? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I completely disagree, yeah. but yeah, that's that's pretty harsh. But also, you have to remember that film critics sometimes and like all my love to the film critics please one day when I have movies write nice things about me but like they also write very opinionated pieces because that's what's grabbing and that's what pulls yeah and I mean if everything was like it was fine you know but I do think I mean that person's not wrong whoever wrote that like this movie had so many problems like we we really covered a lot of them Mm -hmm. I mean it boils down to this and I don't want to jump ahead if you've got more questions no you got it okay you have to remember they have not spoken in 10 years and here's the spoiler stop listening if you don't want to hear it he they get together like they are two completely different people that have not spoken in 10 years he's this la guy she's living back at home in this small town and like somehow he reverts into this person that is so unrecognizable. first of all he's this completely unrecognizable douchebag and then he reverts to his like dweeby self and it's like it's all good we're gonna be in love and it's like do you even want to live in the same place? Yeah. Do you even have the same aspirations? Like she works in a bar. I and just. She was. Uh, what do you say? He's like, yeah, I want to have kids with you, and I want to take you on a real date. So that's something that popped out. There was a couple sweet moments, like when she slept over and she was wearing that shirt. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I put my feet on him, and he didn't make a move. Yeah, yeah. But then, it's just so unrealistic. True. If you okay, if you <laughs> if you got together right now with someone that you were interested in ten years ago, could it work? Um, that I was just friends with yeah i don't know i don't think so not just jump in like that no i would have to see if there's something there i had a boyfriend 10 years ago that like i look back and i'm like oh my god like we would be we are completely different people like he has kids he's like lives in the suburbs you know works in the family business like thank god we broke up you know and and i think this movie doesn't allow for them to be like thank god it didn't work out in high school but no they come back and they're like we're gonna have kids and yeah. we're happy <laughs> it's like wait what let's cut to 10 more years from this yeah, maybe it's just, just divorced <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know I, I would watch that movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can convince ryan to do it i think i think you might be down um yeah. so crew member yeah let's do it uh well i got mine okay uh nicole Whit. Witcher? I'm gonna fuck up. How would you say this last name? Nicole Wee what I don't know. Witcher. Witcher. W I W C H A R. So she was the second assistant camera on this. Um and I chose her because there were not a lot of female names um in the camera department, which is in my experience is not uncommon. I would love to see more women in the technical aspects of movies um but nicole is dope she went on to work on designated survivor and shadow hunters as the second assistant camera so shout out to her it's a very male dominated field i know that i shouldn't just be biased but i always love to see women crushing it on a technical uh job and nicole i see you and i appreciate you and i love you call me love you nicole 
So um, mine was Anne Marie Blue Merritt, and she was a visual effects coordinator, and she has been working. She did. Girl, get it. Yeah, the new Total Recall visual effects, Ooh. Thor Ragnarok, which is one Great of my movie. favorite movies. Yeah, visual effects. Uh, what is it? Allegiant or Allegiant with Allegiant uh, with yeah Allegiant yeah Shailene Woodley. Shailene, yeah, she's cute. She can get it. Yeah. <laughs> David, stop. <laughs> I said she was cute. Um, San Andreas uh, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So you know, keep doing your thing. Um, we see you. Got much love and respect for you. So, to the point, do you think this movie aged like milk? Oh my God, this movie aged like milk. Like, holy fuck. Like, I went back to the fridge and I was like, I think this milk is still good. And it was rancid, (laughs) green. Fuck. I was watching this movie and just like pausing it every five minutes to be like, nope, nope, nope. I, I think this movie aged like milk. I think... Actually, I don't know. I wonder if Ryan is proud of this movie because he's gone on to do so many characters that are like really breaking down stereotypes and he's like such an advocate. And I think, you know, he has a bunch of daughters and I I think he loves women. This movie was misogynistic. It was fat phobic. It was incelish, dare I say. Yeah, it aged badly. What do you think? I concur. I think this one aged pretty bad because I had a lot of cringy moments. I'm like, oh, man. And I'm thinking I'm hyped up, right? Because we used to geek out about this movie. And I still do. There's so much good, like you said, physical comedy in this. Um, I think a lot of the actors' timing is hilarious. Like Some of the stuff is my comedy. Um, But, yeah, just... Unfortunately, watching it as a person who, like, we both work in the industry, like, Mm -hmm. the lack of diversity in casting the lack of depth to the characters like there's just too much yeah. where you you sure. can you can like this movie but you cannot say that it has aged well yeah it checked a lot of age like milk boxes like yeah. across the board yeah it was and like would you say this is a christmas movie i mean it like takes, takes place, place at christmas, christmas. yeah <laughs> so, so yes so you know um and i saw something funny today uh that our buddy sean sent me and it was like wait so you're telling me a christmas movie where a kid sets up his house with a bunch of traps and like hurts two burglars is a christmas movie but a movie where a detective um is in a building and thwarts terrorism you know die hard yeah well is we it, consider a die hard a movie, movie yeah, in our my, house that's my top five but it was yeah. uh it's a it's a funny movie he's like one of them had a badge. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, that's pretty good. I think people get really like stressed out about like what Christmas movies they're going to watch. And I think this year, especially because of how terrible 2020 has been, people yeah. have been starting early. I know I have, mm-hmm. and I still got a bunch of my Christmas movies that I want to watch. Like that's a tradition. Like I got to watch my love. Actually, I got to watch my Grinch. I got to watch, we watched home alone already. Like got to watch die hard. Which Grinch Jim Carrey Grinch. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey's that dude. He's that dude. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just so funny as well. Like, I definitely have not seen this movie on all the Christmas lists. And when I was like telling Scott, like, oh, yeah, we got to record our Christmas episode. He's like, oh, what movie are you guys doing? Like, he thought I was going to say like Elf or whatever. And I was like, we're doing Just Friends. He's like, oh, really? (laughs) Okay. But you know what? Fuck it. It is. is Age like milk podcast. And (laughs) I think it's interesting to talk about movies that like, like, I do think people should go watch this movie just to kind of like talk about like what we've talked about and also realize like how far we've come in 15 years Mm -hmm. like this movie if you tried to greenlight this movie right now it would never happen yeah but still this movie can be made without 
those sure things that age. If right? you were gonna remake this movie, how would you do it? Um, I mean, it's easy to swap out those jokes that are like racist or homophobic. Like you don't gotta say, you know, call it gay or um, call somebody the R word, right? You can be funny and be demeaning and you know get at somebody without totally. using those words in in a smarter, more intelligent. Or sarcastic way I also think yeah and I think you were right on the money before where you said like it doesn't have to be that the guy was fat yeah he could just have a glow up mm-hmm. and now he's a jerk yeah because he thinks he's all that and it, you know that that happens every day and daddy so, wants a fish yeah daddy want a fish <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for listening guys yeah. uh it's the Christmas times the Hanukkah times I hope that you have a safe and happy holidays Mm-hmm. be safe happy holidays and we can't wait to bring you more episodes in 2021 thanks for being with us in 2020 what a weird weird year yeah vaccines uh. on the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's coming we're all gonna be fine yeah um well merry christmas david merry christmas paris love you girl love you yeah. just friends though just friends just okay. friends yeah. okay. friends own <laughs> no no just friends, okay. just friends. no zones <laughs> okay bye, bye.